0: wonder if you pay a whole lot of attention to how your feelings and your emotions drive your behavior because whether you think that they do or not they absolutely do especially if you think that they don't right if you're not actively paying attention to how your feelings drive your behavior and they do um, and and when we pay more attention we can make a conscious choice to do something about how it's showing up for ourselves, Um, but if you're not making that conscious choice that you're likely to fall into patterns more of feelings, driving behavior, driving sort of your outcomes in your life more than if you are actively paying attention and actively making a conscious choice. And I bring that up because that's a lot of the overall energy of this new moon that this podcast episode is all about. So on Tuesday, December 12th, 2023 at around 6.31 p.m. Eastern Time. So in the evening of next Tuesday, really Tuesday night into Wednesday of next week, any time is fine to do your new moon practice for this new moon in sidereal Scorpio. So with that, I'd like to extend you a warm welcome to the Yogi Scopes podcast. I'm your host, Rosemary Holbrook. I'm a Vedic sidereal astrologer, Soon to be a yoga therapist, I'm in the active portion of seeing yoga therapy clients as part of the practicum of my 800-hour yoga therapy training. And so anyway, I can't call myself a yoga therapist yet, but I'm seeing clients I'm almost there. And so with that, I this is what this podcast is all about is pairing the therapeutic side of yoga with Vedic astrology. So every YogiScope podcast episode is it's like your yoga horoscopes. It's yoga practices for the astrological weather. So I'll give you the rundown of the Vedic astrology, which is why I'm saying it's a new moon in sidereal Scorpio. That's an important point. If you're new to Vedic astrology, I'll get there in a second. But then at the end, we'll talk about yoga practices and journal prompts to harness the energy in the best way so that you can apply the therapeutic wisdom of yoga to your life through emotional awareness that we get from Vedic Astrology with the body awareness that we get with having a regular yoga practice hopefully Um, and so with that we use Vedic Astrology around here which uses the sidereal zodiac so if that's news to you if those words I just said mean almost nothing to you I have some resources where you can dive more into that but the long and short of it is astrology out there on the internet, if you're just new to astrology, you might have never known before this moment that there was more than one kind of astrology. And there is. We use Vedic astrology because it pairs really seamlessly with yoga. It just works better, in my opinion. For, so there's that. But then it also feels pretty nice that the sidereal zodiac, which we use in Vedic astrology, is more astronomically accurate. And so I just was interviewed by a friend on her podcast, Amber Brown. If you search the Astro Coaching Podcast, it's episode 9, I believe, um, where I talked more about the differences between Western astrology and Vedic astrology and some about the Sidereal Zodiac and all of what that means. So if you, that's a, it's a more recent resource uh, that I've created around that. But I also have a blog on my website if you just go to yogiscopes.com slash Blog. I think we'll take you there. Just go to yogiscopes.com and click on Articles at the top. You'll you can dig around and find it. It's also usually linked in the show notes under the podcast. And so we're going to talk about the new moon in Scorpio. It's in sidereal Scorpio. Um, so before you tell me I'm wrong and that it's in some other sign, that's why. Um, and so if that's not news to you, then welcome back or welcome if you're not new to Vedic astrology but you're new to this podcast. We will talk about all of the things, all of the astrological archetypes that feed into the meaning that we make of this new moon and how to apply it to your life in a useful way. Like, that's the goal, right? Like, we don't, or at least I keep this at the front of my mind that the point of studying astrology is not to just be the best at astrology, right? Like, that's fine. It's fine to have goals and, and to strive for things. I think we should. But um, the reason, I guess the deeper why I keep at the center of my heart for doing this is to heal trauma and to um, live more intentional lives aligned with our dharma and to really investigate things that we'll be talking about investigating on this episode, like how your emotions drive your behavior. So let's get into it, um, uh, talking about the new moon. So I, like I mentioned, it's in sidereal Scorpio which is how I usually do these things, is I'll kind of run through what the archetypes of the sign are, the archetypes of what a new moon is, and we're just combining all of those things to arrive at the meaning, right? So a new moon, that feels like a better place to start, a new moon in general is when it's sometimes called a dark moon. So it's when the moon and the sun are on the same side of the sky from our perspective, So they are in the same sign and the peak of the new moon like when I tell you it's happening at 6 31 p.m. Eastern Standard Time is because I sat here with my little Vedic astrology software at some point. I try to do them like several of them at once. Um, Often I do them when I make the planner that I have sitting right next to me. Um, You know the year before when I'm making the next year's planner. I will literally scroll through and I click to the moment that they get to the exact same degree exact same minute, exact same, I don't even know what the next, like, decimal of the seconds, is that a thing in degrees? I don't know. But it's there's, like, the minutes, the degrees, the minutes, and then whatever the next. I click through and find the exact moment that they are at the same point in the sky, and that is what we consider the peak of the new moon. And... I also don't think it's that serious. I don't think if you want to have a valid and useful new moon practice in your life that you need to be doing it at 631 p.m. on Tuesday. No, I don't think so. I think you could do something on Sunday. In fact, in our um, 100 healers circle in the um, Yogi Scopes membership, that's now closed for enrollment for until I get my ducks in a row to reopen the new tiers um, because I actually like – got a little bit overwhelmed with the people that signed up and they were grandfathered into the highest tier. And I'm like, okay, we got to pause enrollment until I can make sure all these people have their yoga therapy sessions and things that they get. So, um, yeah, so that's the hold up with the enrollment. Anyway, we're going to have, like, basically a new moon circle. And it'll be on Sunday. And I think that's fine. I think that's close enough. Or if you are wanting to do some kind of new moon practice on Tuesday morning, Wednesday morning, Wednesday night, Monday, whatever. It doesn't matter. I don't think it's that serious. But I do you know, it's, it's like fun, I guess, to go and get the precise time that the peak of the new moon is. And so that's the moment the moon and sun come to the exact same degree in the sky from our perspective. And so what that means is the, the moon and the sun are known as the luminaries in Vedic astrology. And the moon is, they're kind of like the peak of masculine and feminine energy. They're like, you could think of them as like the mother and father of the Zodiac, um, where Venus and Mars are actually also very feminine, masculine energies. Um, Anyway, um, the moon and sun are, our soul is the sun, and the moon is our mind and emotions. So at any new moon, it's a dark moon, it's a time to like, turn in and be reflectful, Re- reflective is the correct word. Um, and tap into in general, our mind and emotions and our soul and spiritual practices and things that bring us closer to those things. And because it's a dark moon, it's, um, the sort of bottom, uh, energy wise of the moon cycle. It's a new moon, right? um, It's a time to set intentions for going forward, like you're planting a seed and what the seeds that we're planting will be informed by, you know, the sign that it's happening in the nakshatra, the lunar mansion, which is another sort of Vedic astrology concept that we don't have an analogous concept for in Western astrology to my knowledge. I could be wrong about that because I never was a professional Western astrologer before I became a Vedic astrologer anyway. Um, but I did study it for a number of years, but not, um, at the professional level. So anyway, I bring that up to say, so we'll, we'll we'll factor in our layer of meaning with those things, but we'll also, what I often do here is we look at the other things happening in the sky, which one of them is soon, actually the day after the new moon, which I'll talk about in a separate episode next week. Mercury will be going retrograde in Sagittarius. And towards the end of the retrograde, um, Mercury will move back to Scorpio, which is where this new moon is happening. Um, But actually, I think I said this wrong on the December Outlook episode. My apologies. I said that it was spending the majority of the retrograde in Scorpio. That's not true. It's spending the majority of the retrograde in Sagittarius and will just only retrograde back to Scorpio for the last couple days of it. And I'll talk about that more separately um, on its own episode, but then also Mars, the ruler of Scorpio is very closely involved. So it will be just a few degrees away within Scorpio. I want to say like seven or eight degrees away. Maybe I think I want to say Mars is at about 20 degrees and this will be at about the the new moon is at 26 degrees of Scorpio. So, I bring all that up to say that those energies are just a little bit heightened The Mars being in Scorpio adds to my interpretation of where I'm saying how your feelings drive your behavior is a little bit more poignant at this new moon in Scorpio than it might be at other new moons in Scorpio where Mars isn't as closely involved. So Mars is the ruler of Scorpio and it's So it's always involved in some way. Like we always want to know what the ruler of a sign is doing when we're interpreting anything happening within that sign just in general. Um, But so Mars is there with Scorpio and Scorpio as a sign is all about your psyche um, and sort of like the hidden realms of maybe society, but maybe also like your mind. And so Scorpio is about like, deep research, hidden information. Um, also, let me think how, how to put this. Like, it, Emotional transformation is a key word, but so that's, like at this new moon, I would encourage you, like, if you start looking at it and you're realizing that you're really um, making decisions in life based on protecting yourself emotionally, perhaps, or based on old emotional patterns that may or may not be valid anymore um that would be the kind of emotional transformation we're looking at we're looking for right and so another one more important point is that scorpio is a water sign and the sign immediately after it sagittarius is a fire sign scorpio often gets mistaken for a fire sign i think because it has um Intense characteristics and I think that comes that archetype comes from the fact that it's ruled by Mars So it has a fiery energy to it Scorpio as a sign does Um, But it's more in tune with the emotions, which is that water sign that watery um, In tune with the emotions. So that's why Scorpio Energy is very like intense emotionally, which is why this is another thing the moon is considered debilitated in Scorpio and I just wish like if I Invented astrology or if I was like in charge, which I'm not, um, I would change the language around debilitation because I don't think that it gives the wrong idea, right? Like a moon debilitated. Oh gosh, that sounds bad. Um, but it's just the moon is debilitation of a planet means that it's like not able to express its energies to the fullest. And so I think that means like, um, To the most like normal version, I guess. Like um, Venus is debilitated in Virgo. And Virgo is a very like minimalistic sign. And so Venus is like opulent. But having um, minimalism as a quality can be very Venusian, in my opinion. It can be very um, like luxurious in its own way. Like when things are just really like nicely minimalist. That's nice, but I'm kind of a maximalist. If you're like looking around me, I got my little, um, if you can, if you're watching this on YouTube, you can see like, I got my chunky blanket. I'm sitting on my comfy couch. I got my little, um, sticker on the glass that makes the rainbow film or whatever. I don't know. I'm like, I'm into, I'm i I'm a maximalist personally. Um, I like to overdo it, but I don't think it's wrong. So I bring that up as an example of like what debilitation is like. And, so the moon is debilitated in Scorpio, and it's just like you don't want to emote, right? Express your emotions in a big way, which is like what the moon is about. Um, if you are caught in intensity, and that's kind of what we're talking about today, is is that emotional regulation, right? So that's kind of at the heart of what I do, and I'll I'll get there in a minute. Um, that we want to feel our feelings. So there's the, the, I guess, broader culture kind of approaches feelings in in one of two ways. And it's stuff them and pretend like they don't impact your behavior and just ignore them and try to do the things you need to do regardless of how you're feeling. Or there's um, the other subset that kind of swung too far the other way from that culture and is like feel your feelings and let them completely dictate how you act and feel and move and I just maybe it's because I have Saturn with moon in my birth chart um I just personally am of the mind that you don't want to let your feelings completely dictate your choices and your behavior but the answer to that isn't to just stuff them so let's talk more about it um that's that's the idea though is moon is debilitated in Scorpio but it's like you don't want to act on your feelings when you're coming from that intense place, right? So that's the idea. I think I want to just convey that I don't think it's that bad. I don't think it's as bad as the word debilitated makes it sound personally. Um, But that's just my opinion. And that's, um, I always like to remind y'all that that's what astrology is. It's like I spend, to be an astrologer, you spent you just spend a lot of time paying attention and researching and noticing patterns And using critical thinking to make your interpretations. And um, that's why some different astrologers will have different opinions about things. But a lot of astrologers treat their opinion like law. And I just don't. So um, I always encourage you to try on things and see how it feels for you. See if it feels true. Like that's kind of more the idea in my mind. And so let's talk about the nakshatra where this is happening. Which is jyeshta. And Jiayishta is the final nakshatra of Scorpio. It is um, a Gandanta nakshatra. So the moon won't actually be Gandanta at the moment of the new moon, but it will be within like minutes after. Um, So not at the exact peak, but within very shortly soon after, the moon will be Gandanta, which just means as a planet, any planet is moving in the last couple degrees of a fire sign and into the first couple degrees or sorry water sign into a fire sign it's known as gandanta because fire and water don't mix right um and it's it's like a tough energy for a planet and gandanta means like a spiritual knot so that's why i'm like this new moon in particular even more so than maybe any just any run of the mill new moon in scorpio has a lot to do with releasing emotional patterns that may or may not be serving you, right? And that may be impacting how you show up for your vision, because Sagittarius, which is where the moon goes next, and all the planets go next after Scorpio, it, and and where the energy is headed, especially right after this new moon, with the sun will move to Sagittarius shortly after. Um, so, will Mars later this month and Mercury's already there? Sagittarius energy is very much more about vision and like what are your broad horizons? And so, while stuff is happening in Scorpio, you want to be considering how your emotions are impacting your behavior so that when you go to set that vision for broadening your horizons, you can do so in a way that is true and to your future that you're after rather than limited by emotional stories of your past if that makes sense so that's a a beautiful ordering of these two signs and so jyesha as a nakshatra it's so it's it encompasses that gandanta zone on the scorpio side um it is the translation is eldest or like the most senior most like the person with most seniority like the eldest sibling or the elder of the group right um so that senior that authority and seniority that, that comes from being the eldest, right, is is an archetype factoring in here. And the symbol is Vishnu's disc or like a an earring or just any kind of circular protective talisman is kind of the, the symbol. So that encompasses this archetype of protection, especially protecting the the underprivileged is there, that, that is an element of this new moon, and the aim of life, so one of the, of the four pur- purusharthas, the four aims of life, which are dharma, artha, kama, moksha, which the translation of those is, like, dharma is, like, your right righteousness, right path, life purpose, artha is the pursuit of wealth, or at least um, pursuit of, like, material wealth to take you towards your dharma, because it Costs money, right? It does in this world. Um, Kama is pleasure. Moksha is spiritual liberation, and so those things are all like important factors of life. The aim of this nakshatra is artha of building wealth, and so um, that all all of that stuff that I've described so far factors into an overall energy of this new moon being how do your feelings drive your behavior for better or for worse, right? With that. Moon and Scorpio, and especially with Mars there, because Mars is all about action and drive and your behavior. So, um, that sort of dynamic between the moon and Mars and the Moon's soon being condonta after the peak of the new moon is like, do you want to make any changes to how you have been showing up? And can you make a connection to how you've been showing up to feelings that are keeping you Um, behaving that way to either protect yourself against certain feelings or something like that, um, which we'll explore in our basically new moon circle we're having this weekend and the hundred healers circle. I'll say more about that in a moment. So um, the next overall energy is considering passion and vision. And what is your guiding light that you keep close to your heart? Because the star that is, Giesha Nakshatra is, um, Antares. I don't know if I'm saying that right. I might be saying it wrong. Um, but it's bigger than our sun and it's a, it's this big, bright, hot burning star in right at sort of like the heart of Scorpio, the constellation. And, um, so yeah, do you have a big, bright burning light? Because a new moon, remember, it's like your mind and emotions meets the soul. So what is your soul's purpose? What is that guiding light? that you keep close to your heart, especially if it's something that has to do with defending the vulnerable um, or, or serving underprivileged people. And so I have a story that I was like debating if I was going to tell or not, um, but based on time, maybe I won't, maybe I'll save it for later. But um, yeah, do you have a guiding light? Actually, I, start, I started to touch on it earlier, so I'll go ahead and say it. My guiding light is around recovery, Um, so like recovery from addiction. So I'm in recovery myself. If you didn't know that about me, um, maybe you do, but I don't actually like exist in traditional, um, addiction circles personally, because I just, I don't agree with their paradigm most of the time. And I don't agree with the paradigm of defining yourself as your disease for the rest of your life. I just don't. Um, and that's a very yogic philosophy that we are not our identity is not, our soul is not tied to any of the things like being a drug addict or, you know, having diabetes or like whatever it is, um, that, that you have. And there's some research and literature that like points to that too, that people that don't identify themselves as their disease, like instead of saying I am diabetic, they say I'm, I have diabetes or whatever. Instead of saying I'm an addict, say I have struggled with drug addiction in the past, right that just simple language change simple mindset change um leads to a lot better outcomes basically um and so that's at the heart of what i do though is that recovery piece and that what leads people into addiction is usually trauma and so that's at the heart of what i do is everything around um what heals people from trauma is connecting back to their emotions that they don't usually feel safe after having experienced trauma, feeling, um, and how those emotions land in the body. So emotional awareness and body awareness, that is my guiding light. And that comes from when I was a person who was vulnerable, right? Being a drug addict, I was the downtrodden. And now that I have like sort of moved beyond that, I keep that as my guiding heart principle. And so I wonder if you have something similar Right. If you have that guiding light, vision, passion that you keep close to your heart. And um, so we'll work on that this weekend if you don't. But I also have, so I have some journal prompts for you as always for the podcast episode. But we will go more in depth this weekend if you can come to our membership event. um, For those of you in the membership on Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern. We will have a yoga practice and some guided journaling and sharing time, just like we used to do in our new moon circles. Um, and then it'll be fun. And so I know some of y'all are going to be there. And if you, the rest of you can come, I'd love to see you. Um, but I will then now tell you about your yoga practices and journal prompts. And I just want to say that while I'm thinking about it, very narrow, spicy here. Um, while I'm thinking about it, the event I mentioned last time that This weekend was going to be our yearly planning party. Um, But I pushed it back because I just got the planners. I have a whole box. I have two boxes, actually, of these. Um, And this is a monthly one, which I'm only offering, actually, to folks in the membership. But if you're not in the membership, you can get a weekly one. And so I just got them in the mail this week. And I'm mailing them out myself because I'm going to write a special note to every person in the 100 Healers Circle. I'm going to write some st- some notes for you for next year in there. Um, and that's why I had to cap enrollment because I'm like, I just, I got enough, um, to do and I'm going to send that out. And I was like, they're, it's Friday. They're not going to be to you by Sunday. And so the official dates is we will have, um, a online one. On the solstice, Thursday, December 21st at 11 a.m. Eastern time, there will be a recording if you can't make that live. And then I'm offering an in-person one that I might live stream, but that's a little ambitious for me, it feels like, um, but I tend to be overly amb- ambitious as the pit in me. Um, I might live stream the January 7th one, but it will be in person Jan- Sunday, January 7th in person here at the Mars Hill Yoga Barn that's in my yard. Some of you have been to. I know some of you listening have been there already to one of our full moon events we had this summer. And it was great for the summertime. And we learned as soon as we had our first cold snap that it was too cold. Um, And so we've been working very hard. By we, I mean my partner in life. My sweet, dear, wonderful husband has been um, putting in a wood stove and insulating it and putting up shiplap and it's very beautiful and he's almost done and so yeah so if you want to come to the yearly planning party online on the solstice it'll be the same event both times but you'll need a planner and so those of you that in the mem- are in the membership it's on the way you'll have it certainly by then and for those of you down under i have a, an old friend who i actually went on a trip in india with asked me about shipping and I'm so I'm figuring that out because I know there's more of you down there that might want one of these planners and shipping from the U S to Australia is very expensive. So I'm figuring that out. So that's all to say, um, those are some upcoming events because, and and as it relates to this new moon with this weekend in the hundred healer circle, and you can use these journal prompts and yoga practices I'm about to tell you, or we'll do them together a little more in depth on Sunday. Um, this new moon is the time just to like recap to consider looking back over the year how have your emotions been driving your behavior? Um, and really thinking about that and considering, right, and making any changes, right, doing the hard work to make any changes. I'll guide you through um, with the journal prompts and, um, then. For once we get into kind of like Sagittarius season, which is why I'm like, it wasn't the worst thing in the world, like astrologically really to push the yearly planning event back because, um, the, the vision and goal setting should come after you have done this more Scorpio like work and you, Sagittarius energy is more supportive anyway of, of vision and goal setting. And in that late December, early January time, we will solidly be in, Sagittarius season, sidereal, Sagittarius season. So it kind of makes more sense anyway. Um, So here we are. Your yoga practices are going to be second chakra work because Scorpio is in the body, is like the pelvis kind of region, so very second chakra anyway. And the watery energy is very also second chakra. So feeling and creating, second chakra. What are you, you know, are you tapped into that sensuality in your body? And by sensuality, I don't just mean sexuality. Like in um, Western culture, I suppose, that's the only time we tap into sensuality is in sexual situations. So can you separate sensuality from sexuality? And I mean, but it is sexuality too, but are how tapped into your senses and your body and feeling good in your body and enjoying that feelings in your body Um, Or do you kind of live from the neck up? Do you kind of stay disconnected from your body, potentially because of trauma and because of um, just not being in touch with that? So can you, in your yoga practice, get in touch with just feeling into your body and moving into what feels good, especially in flowing movements and intuitive movements? So a good place to start with that is I feel like people have gotten really used to this and like vinyasa flow circles is like in cat cow, we always us yoga teachers like to give you some time in cat cow to just kind of feel around. Um, So that's a good place to start and inviting those flowy movements, um, moving with your breath and just breathing into what you find. That's a really perfect example of this. But you can where else in your practice can you explore that, right? Um, Cat cow is like an easy one to see, but you could maybe explore it in other places. So that's kind of the gist of the yoga practices is, and maybe you read up more on second chakra work in our weekend practice. We'll have a gentle practice related to that and journal prompts. First of all, what are you feeling right now? Just right now? Like what, what are you feeling? And can you sort of tap into that more often? Be just being aware of what you're feeling like at any given time. Um, And so I'm going to give you a couple of the journal prompts that I have written down for our weekend thing. Just know that we will have more this weekend. But, um, one, the feelings I've been experiencing a lot of lately are, and just write those down, um, the areas of life where I'm not experiencing the feelings I want to are, spend some time, three to five minutes maybe, writing those down, maybe a set a timer for yourself. And then number three, the feelings I want to experience more of in life include. Um, and then I'll give you one more. Um, but just know that for our weekend workshop, we have even more than that. So if you're coming or going to watch the replay, you can Just hold off and and do it together with some more in-depth explorations. And last one is some things I could stop doing so I can better align with how I want to feel are. Or maybe because this is a new moon, what things are you going to start doing? Um, Because I feel very strongly that most people don't just have bad habits just because they hate their bodies and want to be unhealthy. I don't think that's true. I think most people develop bad habits. And I'll give you an example of this because they are serving something. Like I just had a yoga therapy client this week that was like, I know I should go to bed earlier. Like I know I should, like should, right? Was the big thing. Like should go to bed earlier. And it was like, well, what are you doing when you stay up late? And she was like, I'm spending time with my partner. It's like when we, it's our only time, like when we're, because we work different schedules, like, and we're just spending time together and having fun and we're playing games and connecting. And I was like, Okay, you're staying up late because it's serving fun and connection in your life, right? Like, so there's this cultural, like, should go to bed early, but how are you built? Like, if if you're staying up late because you're just, like, scrolling, that's one thing, right? But what is that serving in your life? What is that behavior scrolling? Is scrolling your way to unwind? Is that why you're doing it, right? Right. So when you're like, I should stop scrolling, I should stop staying up late, whatever it is, well, why are you doing that thing in the first place? What is it serving in your life? And what could you do instead to maybe fill that bucket somewhere else so that you can then stop doing that thing? So that was just a little tangent to be a little more in depth with that journal prompt. Um, And we'll explore it more in the workshop this weekend. So as I mentioned, if you are already a member in the 100 Healers Circle I'll see you then if not I apologize I meant to have it open before now the new um like reopened I always close in November is when I close the membership because I raise the prices usually every year um I may not do that forever but I've been adding a lot to it and this year I was going to add tiers but I grandfathered everybody in to the highest tier and it turns out um I enrolled as many as I could to that so um, if you joined in that November round welcome thank you for being here if you missed it then I don't know next time I'm calling for enrollment join while you can I've historically I've had it always open and so I was gonna try to keep it that way but I think I'm actually switching to a model of because I'm now incorporating yoga therapy um I obviously have limited capacity for that so um, I'm going to have to do enrollment periods. So it is what it is. If you missed it, um, stay tuned. And thanks for being here. Keep listening to the podcast. Keep um, that whatever it is, your guiding light at, that's bigger than the sun, keep it at your heart center and let it guide you and stay aware of your body and your emotions. And that's what we're here to do. So. Please remember to keep your feet on the ground, your head in the stars, and stay in the light. Until next time, friends, take care.